0: This is A Space to Speak Your Mind. We're a radio show and a podcast about mental health made by people with lived experience in association with Cornwall Mind. We do cover subjects that some listeners may find distressing. And if you'd like support or more information, please visit cornwallmind.org. And if you'd like to be a part of the show or send us your thoughts, we'd love to hear from you
1: too.
2: A Space to Speak Your Mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health.
1: Welcome to A Space to Speak Your Mind with Richard. This is our June show and this month we're looking at how being out in the open air can help our mental health. Jane will be finding out whether our sense of smell can bring us happy thoughts and memories and which fragrances help us relax and unwind with fragrance expert Karen Gilbert. Scott will be catching up with Fee from Cornwall Mind and her partner Sam who are tackling the Cornish Coastal Footpath Challenge to raise money for charity. And our guest contributor Wilhelmina will be looking at how gardening is good for our well-being. First though I'd like to welcome to the show X Factor contestant, runner-up in series 14 of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here and Hollyoaks actor Jake Quiggenden and also Claire Perkins from Public Health England. Hello to both of you. Hello. Good morning. So Jake firstly how's the last year been for you and for those around you?
3: think the last year for everybody in the whole of the UK and the world has been a bit of a crazy one. Obviously there's been the lockdowns, there's been the loss of work, people have been losing businesses, people have been losing all sorts and unfortunately it's been really tough and we've just had to find ways of kind of dealing with it and getting through it and hopefully now we're coming towards the end of it. Everything's reopening up but then again that's going to cause more people a little bit of anxiety. The fact that we've been locked away for so long and now everything's opening up and we might have to just like jump back into normal world again. So it has been a very weird year. I've had a baby in this time though, so I'm very grateful for that. And I always try and just look at the positive things that come from things. I've managed to be at home with my family a little bit more and get to know my little 11-week-old baby. I've been with him every single day. So as well as the downs, there's been a lot of ups as well.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And it has, it's been a really turbulent time. I think a lot of people that haven't had experiences around mental health before, you know, it's been such a time that we've had to go into many different situations, as you say, working from home and things like that. And you've talked before about your experiences with poor mental health. So just for those who may not know can you explain a little bit how that affects you
3: yeah i suffer really badly with anxiety and it started about 10 years ago i lost my dad and i lost my little brother and i feel like it started around that time and i've always been a really confident person i obviously have to be i work on the tv i work on stage i do shows and i get people saying we can't have anxiety if you work on the stage and you sing in front of people but it affects me so differently it affects my breathing I get very sweaty and I I get very nervous and I get very anxious about what could go wrong. And yeah, it's been with me for about 10 years and I've managed to find ways to kind of deal with it and um, help myself and, and I found exercise helps me a lot and stuff like that. I suffered a couple of panic attacks. I actually suffered a panic attack quite recently after Leo was born. And it's always like when there's like a big kind of moment in my life, I seem to get a bit more anxious and a bit more panicky like I said, when my dad and brother passed away, that's when it all started. Then Leo came into life and I was panicking about not being able to be a good dad and stuff like that. And that made me even worse. So I think what a lot of people have realised in this lockdown is that they can suffer with anxiety and they didn't even know they did. And that is just by having a change of something happening in their lives. Like you say, working from home all of a sudden, people was worried about their houses, their everything. So I think a lot more people have realised and kind of taken note that anxiety can affect anyone at any time.
1: When we talk about mental health being this scale, so we all have mental health and there can be times where certain things happen in your life and sort of scale goes a little bit in the wrong direction and we just need to sort of bring it back and I think it is as well, people that tend to be the more sensitive people or people care so much that we worry a lot don't we and, and these are the things that make our own mental health not great at times.
3: Yeah, I'm a massive worrier. I'm a massive people pleaser. Do you know what I mean? I want everyone to like me. And in the industry that I'm in, unfortunately, that ain't going to happen. You're always going to get somebody that thinks you're a bit of a turnip. So, yeah, I kind of get that. I've always been quite an emotional guy. I don't think that's wrong at all. I think we all deal with things differently. And it's just a good thing if we're starting to talk about these and starting to kind of address these issues with mental health and like you said everybody suffers with some kind of form of mental health so it's just really important to address it
1: yeah it's making those small changes as well that can help i know for you you being in the spotlight, you publicly announced last year that you were leaving social media because of the abuse that you were getting. So has that helped you in a small way that you've been able to retract a little bit and get some more of your own time?
3: I think I had about 20 minutes off social media and then I just went straight back on it. To
1: yeah, I think we all do. I mean, yeah, social media can be good in some way. I mean, it's a good way of connecting with people, isn't it? It's a good way of arranging social lives, but obviously when you are more in the spotlight.
3: Yeah, I think the unfortunate thing with social media is you sometimes focus on the negative rather than the positive. And you can get 99% of positive. And like you said, it's an amazing tool for connecting with people, for friends. Sometimes, if you haven't been messaging back, they can get you, they can always get me on my Instagram. Do you know what I mean? So, it is a great tool for connecting people. But, like I say, you do focus sometimes on the negative, and one horrible word or bad comment can really affect people. And I think a lot more people are starting to realize that with being locked away social media has been used a lot more, I feel. So that one nasty comment or that one negative comment can really affect someone's mental health and it can ruin somebody's day. And that's why I think what Thoughtful are doing and just thinking like one small act of kindness can really change somebody's day. Sending somebody a card from their are you okay range, which they're doing, is just such a nice thing to do. Like I know if I sent my mum a card just out of the blue, that would probably make my mum's full week. It's much better than receiving a text message, even though that's just as important, like getting a card from somebody saying how much you mean to them. It can just really brighten the day. And it's like I always walk past people and smile at them in the street. And I don't know if that's just because I'm northern. But when I moved to Essex, I think people thought I was a bit strange. But yeah, I'll always do that. I always try and brighten someone's day in some way. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's a great thing to do. So let's bring clearing. So we know talking is a great way to keep our mental health in check. But as Jake's saying there, small acts of kindness can really help too, can't they?
4: Absolutely, yes. Yeah, no, definitely. Spending quality time with our family and friends and, you know, talking to somebody about how you're feeling, like Jake, you know, finding ways to help others can all stop us feeling lonely and improve our mental health.
1: I mean, it is really important. Jake, you've talked before about exercise being one thing that helps your mental health. Are there other little things that you do that maybe for people that might be experiencing things for the first time that you can give them a few tips?
3: You know what? Exercise has always been my main one, but you don't have to go do a triathlon. (laughs) Like you can take the dog for a walk. You can just go get some fresh air. You can phone one of your closest friends and just have a natter. And I can guarantee after 10 minutes of talking to them about how you feel, you'll soon be laughing about other things. And that can just really brighten your mood up. And it is so important to connect and talk. So ring your friends, ring your family. Like I say, go for a nice walk. If you enjoy music, I sometimes just come into my music room and sit in, Write a song, and it might not even be any good, but it's just the fact that I'm taking myself away from a certain situation and trying to like kind of keep my mind occupied rather than worrying so much
1: and that sleep's really important i know you referenced this before and now you've got your newborn i'm guessing sleep's a bit of a premium at the moment for you i forgot what sleep is <laughs> to be honest uh, <laughs>
3: yeah i've realized that sleep doesn't affect my anxiety as much as what i thought it did because i'm only on one hour today so <laughs> i'm doing all right
1: i guess you've got the adrenaline as well haven't you so you've got that resilience where you're experiencing things for the first time so uh... yeah
3: and i think lack of sleep when you've got a newborn is just such a beautiful thing anyway because they're just staring at you and you have to protect them and it's different than just tossing and turning in the night when you can't get to sleep you're actually awake for a reason and you're awake to help your little baby so it makes it a little bit easier
1: and we're talking about nice small gestures that we can do for each other so let's find out the nicest gestures you've received we'll start with you claire what's the nicest thing that's that someone's done for you maybe recently
4: yeah, so I was feeling a little bit down at the weekend and um, my son just, um, he's a teenager and he just bought me a cup of tea and, you know, he doesn't do that very often, but I just thought it was lovely. He obviously recognised that I needed something. So just a little small thing. And it is, as Jake says, it's just a little small things, you know, the cards or the message. I had somebody um, quite recently who I went to school with, which is quite a long time ago now. And he said, I haven't seen you post much on Facebook recently. Are you OK? And I just thought that was just such a lovely thing to do.
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely. Checking in on people is a really good thing. And I think if people have a change in their character or they become a little bit more withdrawn or they're not socialising as much, I know it's very difficult to do at the moment, but just those little things, it just takes just one small conversation, doesn't it, really, just to uh, make sure people are okay. And Jake, for you as well, is there something nice that someone's done for you recently?
3: You know what? Sophie's little boy, Freddie, so he's my stepson. and He'll always brighten my day in some way. We was at the park the other day and we was on the monkey bars. And some other young lads came over and I think I was hanging upside down thinking I was cool. And they were all going, oh, my God, you're like a ninja. And Freddie just went, yeah, and he's my stepdad. And that really like made me feel happy that Freddie was like proud of me, even though there's me, 32 years old on the monkey bars, a bit weird. But he was really proud of me and he wanted everyone to know that I was his stepdad. So little things like that can really just brighten your mood and make you realise what you're doing in life is actually worth it.
1: And Claire, why is it really important from a mental health aspect to know that we're thinking of people and having that connection?
4: Being connected is just sort of one of the things that can really improve our mental well-being alongside things like sleep, trying to lead a healthy lifestyle, so cutting down on the caffeine a bit, on alcohol, exercising, all those things are really, really important for our mental well-being. And, um, and we're really delighted to be partnering with Thoughtful to direct more people to our Mind Plan. Now, this we launched as part of our Every Mind Matters campaign. Around 18 months ago, over 3.2 million people have now completed our our NHS approved mind plan. And it's really, really simple. It starts off with five very easy questions asking you about your mood, your sleep, your anxiety, your worries and your stress. You don't have to put any personal details in at all. So it's completely anonymous. You answer the five simple questions and you get sent a personalised action plan to improve your mental health. So I think I've done it two or three times since it was launched. It's fantastic. You can swap in and out tips if they're not for you. So if watching a video about mindfulness or doing, you know, couch to 5k app is not for you, then you can swap it and do other things. It's really flexible, but it's personalized and it does really work. It does really help people think about the things that help their mental health. Um, You know, we all need good mental health and well-being. It helps us to sleep better, feel better, do the things we want to do in life, help us relax. And actually just helps us to be more resilient in difficult times. And certainly the pandemic over the last year has really tested most of us. Almost half of adults over the last year have reported that a pandemic has affected their mental health. And that's quite normal. So we know from research that pandemics do lead to psychological distress. You know, it's a normal reaction. And actually, with help and support, with trying to help yourself, but also, you know, helping those around you as well, that, that most of us can return after pandemics to the mental health we had before the pandemic. Although for some people, obviously, that will lead into more significant longer term problems. But so every Mind Matters campaign and the resources there and particularly the Mind Plan, you know, I really would encourage your listeners to complete a Mind Plan.
1: Yeah. And where can they go to get that?
4: So if you just put into your, your browser Every Mind Matters, then you'll come up with our website with all our resources, lots of tips for improving your mental health. Or you could just put in NHS Mind Plan and it will come up
3: as well. If you do complete the mind plan, then you get a code which makes you get a free card from Thoughtful from their Are You Okay range, and then you can send that off to somebody that you love or you miss or whatever. So, as part of doing the mind plan, which is an amazing thing, you also get this code that gets you a card for free that you can send to anyone that you want
1: oh that's amazing that's really good listen thank you so much both of you for joining us today i've really enjoyed it i hope it's been good for you too and have yourselves a great day i know it's gonna be a long one and uh, i know for jake as well with your little one there just have yourself a great day and uh, all the best for the future both of you thank
4: you very much thank you
1: very much a space to speak your mind with cornwall mind for better mental health Now, recently, A Space to Speak Your Mind's contributor, Wilhelmina, caught up with singer Kim Wilde to find out how she's been finding lockdown and how gardening has been helping her.
2: A Space to Speak Your Mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health.
5: Organisations supporting mental health issues are very close to my heart for a variety of reasons. I've been in a position to give help to my family and my parents and some friends. And I'm sure people up and down the country have done the same thing. All of us helping each other to get through a really difficult time.
6: So obviously I know that you're a very keen gardener. So do you think that gardening and being in nature has a positive impact on mental health?
5: Definitely. I think gardening for me was certainly, you know, my mental health was certainly what drove me into the garden. One of the powerful reasons, not entirely that, but um, it did save me a fortune on therapists, I'm sure, during a time in my life where I was finding it quite tricky balancing being Kim Smith, as I was before I got married or became famous, and Kim Wilde. And the two of them did start to kind of grate on each other. And I did find myself just naturally in the garden. And it seemed to be calling me. It was the one place where I could really feel close to myself. Quite apart from the planet. And that, you know, you can buy these signs which says, you can hang on your front door and it says, you can find me in the garden. I just changed the U and I just said, I, I can find me in the garden. So, yes, it's been a great mental health th- therapy for me of being a gardener. And it's been one of the most powerful tools that I've used during this pandemic lockdown period. I was through painting in the garden. So, I was doing a lot of work out there. I have to tell you, my garden has never looked as immaculate as it does now I literally have to walk around the garden looking for weeds it's a miracle.
6: So do you think that the pandemic has affected your mental health in any way or other
5: people's? Oh my gosh yes I mean in so many ways not all negative but many negative it's been a really terrible time for a lot of people it's also been a really great time to sort of I guess smell the roses, just kind of stop for a while, get off the, the merry-go-round if you were on one. Yeah, so I think a reckoning with oneself, I think has happened for a great many people, but there's been a terrible amount of heartache and loneliness and confusion and fear. It's been all mixed up together. I think ultimately there will be a great outpouring like a great renaissance that will emerge from this time of great music and great art and great literature and great theatre and just a, a real outpouring of creative energy which I'm sure will come from it. How do you think young people have been affected by the pandemic? I think particularly hard in many ways, you know, with the education got so mixed up for a lot of people with their A-levels and their exams. These are really important milestones in young people's lives. And then the much younger children, I think, find it impossible to understand why they can't hug their little four-year-old mate or their five-year-old friend. So goodness knows really what the long-term repercussions will be from that for young children and having relationships, forming relationships, understanding people. Yeah, so I I think probably you know the future the next few decades is going to be a really important time for mental health charities there's going to be a great call for a lot of people to look after and to help people get through this experience one way or another my daughter Rose is just starting university, studying psychology, and she wants to be a mental health therapist. So, yes, she's just about to get involved in that. And I know that she she will bring a lot of her own personal experience to it and be um, a leading light for people who need her.
1: With gardening and being out in the open air having such benefits to our mental health, Wilhelmina went down to the Cornwall Mind allotments in Falmouth to speak to one of the members, Jenny, and also Tony, who runs the group. And here's how she got on.
2: A space to speak your mind.
7: Hi, I'm Tony, and I'm a paid part time support worker for Cornwall Mind, and we have two allotment plots at this allotment site.
6: How long have you been working here at the allotments?
7: I've had an allotment myself since 2009, but I've been working for Mind since 2015.
8: How long have you been coming here to the allotments? I've been coming probably about Four months, I think, in total. Now, yes. Yeah.
6: yeah. So, how do the allotments sort of work, and do people come have their own section, or is it sort of more of a group thing? And um, what sort of generally happens?
7: We have two allotments here, and we do two sessions a week: Tuesday morning and Thursday afternoon. So, there's two separate groups, and people can refer themselves, or they're referred by a GP or a social prescriber, and they have a chat with Joe, who's the project manager and then they come along to see if they like it first of all, they don't just have to stay, they come along and see if they like the group, like the work, like the activity and like the site as well.
8: So what sort of things do you grow here? Uh, We've got quite a mix of things, we've got some broad beans going on, some root vegetables, onions, that kind of thing and then there's some fruit bushes in as well, so yeah lots of things and the rhubarb's just started coming out which is really nice to see. Generally speaking,
6: how many people sort of use the Mind Allotments?
7: We have groups of six at the moment for each session. We had to ask a few people to stay away because they had underlying health conditions and it wasn't really safe to have them here when they weren't allowed to come here during the COVID pandemic.
8: What's your favorite part of coming to the allotments? Oh, so much. I think being outside is really important. It's just nice to like get out listen to the birds as you can hear and just have some fresh air and just do something It can be quite meditative at times you don't really have time to think about anything else because you're just weeding or just digging holes or just planting things and because it's repetitive you just stop thinking about other stuff so i think i really really like that and because my job's quite busy and you have to think a lot i don't have to think when i'm here i just get told what to do which is quite nice so yeah i think i really benefit from that and being in a space where you don't have to hide part of you, and other people are aware if you've got stuff going on, and you can talk about it if you want to, but you don't have to. But at least you don't have to hide that whole aspect of your life. So I think I really appreciate that side of things, definitely.
6: How and why do you think people struggling with their mental health benefit from using the allotments?
7: I think there are lots of benefits. First of all, there's the incentive to get out of the house. Quite a few of the group members say, yeah, it's the first time I've been out of the house all week. And if they're here, they're outdoors in the fresh air. There's some gentle activity or quite strenuous physical activity. That's everybody's choice. They're also with a group and they can chat, they can be heard, and they can talk about what's going on for them. There also, there's quite a few benefits from just working with the soil. There's a lot of positive mental health benefits of seeing something grow. I get a lot of pleasure myself out of planting the seed, feeding it, watching it grow and then taking home the food.
6: What do you think the benefits of coming
8: here are? Uh, I think it is good for the soul, <laughs> I think it's good, I mean just exercises of it, it's being outside, it's good for me and others I think like there's evidence about being in green space is really good for your mental health I think that's really true. And you can get away from some of the isolation especially during lockdown where you know we've all been stuck at home most of the time um it's a chance to get outside and kind of be around other people as well so i think that's really beneficial and i'm just digging lots of holes as well it's really good physically a bit of exercise i'm normally out climbing and everything i can't do that at the moment so it's a way of staying fit i guess so yeah
6: for how long do people attend the allotment so like is it a couple of weeks a couple of months how does that sort of work or is it per person does it completely differ
7: it's very different for different people some people come when they feel well enough to come some people are here every week and the sessions are three hours on a tuesday morning and two hours on a Thursday afternoon. But I've told people always, if you come for the last five minutes and then go, or you come for the first five minutes and go, that's fine. And if you just want to come along and have a cup of tea and a chat, that's fine as well.
6: Would you recommend getting involved with Cornwall Mind and the allotments to someone that is struggling with their mental health?
8: Yeah, I think if you are struggling with your mental health, then coming somewhere like this is really beneficial. I think that because it's a space where everyone has mental health problems to some extent you can feel safe and I think that's really important I know when you're struggling because there's so much stigma associated with mental health that it's sometimes hard to get involved in groups because if you're having a bad day here people understand and you don't have to interact or you can cry or you can talk about what you need to talk about or not talk about it and I think that's what's really positive about a specific mental health project is that other people kind of get what you're going through and that kind of peer support and solidarity is really really important I think so yeah i would definitely say i'm involved in a couple of projects with mind and i mean as everyone knows there's like massive funding gaps with mental health support everywhere but especially in cornwall so the kind of more formalized support just isn't there it just doesn't exist whereas mind is running projects such as this and i do the creative writing group as well where you can just be yourself get that support and it's a really important part of recovery i was really unwell last year and I've found that the stuff that's really helped me has been coming to the allotment and well, it's a Zoom writing course, but doing the writing course and just being amongst peers who kind of understand what you're going through to some extent. So yeah, I definitely would massively advise anyone who's struggling to kind of like get in touch with Mind, because they've done so many different things as well. So if you're not up for getting your hands really dirty, then there's other projects as well. But I think definitely that kind of peer support is really
7: important. We get quotes from everybody at the end of the session. And quite often people will say, this is the only time I've been out of the house this week. I feel much better than when I arrived. It's really nice to chat with people.
8: I think I'm just really grateful that Mind Cornwall exists and that they're so supportive. Like I was really anxious about coming here because of what my job is and worry about interaction with people I might come across at work. And I was kind of worried about doing something new as well. I get quite a lot of anxiety about doing new things and meeting new people. And they were just really nice like chatting on the phone. And they phoned me as well because I wasn't doing very well just to check how things were going, which I thought was really supportive of them. Like, they, I feel they go further like they're already doing an awesome job in supporting people with mental health problems and then they go a step further just to make sure that you're all right and i think i really appreciate that i think the awareness that things are really really hard is good to have that awareness and that level of support and know that you can go to them to get support when you need it
7: group members say this is a safe place for them a secure place where they can be themselves they can be happy or unhappy they can be sad where they can do as much or as little as they want. One group member really likes to get stuck in with digging and uh, physical activity. Others will just come along and sit and have a chat and a cup of tea. Some people will come along and be very happy to plant some seeds and to see the progress the seeds make over the weeks. And also, I think I make it quite clear to everybody that it's possible to talk about whatever they want. We have a check-in at the beginning where people are invited To check in with what's going on for them they can be as deep or as superficial as they wish at the end I always ask them how they're feeling and I'm looking for them hopefully that they're going to be feeling better than when they got here
8: I think uh, one of the real benefits of coming to the group is like the impact it can have on my mental health on that day so I have like really awful days where I struggle to leave the house because of anxiety or just feeling really low and just feeling like what's the point in, in doing anything because I feel low and feel really quite self destructive thoughts and then kind of like forcing myself to come to the allotment because I feel I have to because it's you know doing the right thing it's like it's my medicine it's the way I manage my mental health is through using the medicine of the outdoors or writing all these kinds of things so it's like I know that I have to come even when I'm feeling awful and I can kind of like come along and I feel really disconnected when I first get here and I don't really want to talk to people but it's such a friendly and welcoming environment that kind of like slowly draws me out of myself and then just because you're getting on with work you know the digging or the weeding or whatever it kind of like distracts me from what's going on in my head and then kind of like breaks that cycle of self-destructive thoughts and that cycle of feeling really anxious and then by the end you're like oh actually (laughs) the world's quite a nice place and i could do quite like being here and you know it doesn't solve everything but it just gives you that time out and can really turn my my mood around and turn my day around so i think that's really that on the day benefit is really really
7: important
6: so, yeah why is it important for mine to have this funding
7: i think it's really important because we need to buy lots of stuff we need to buy equipment we need to buy seeds we've got funding for a polytunnel we've got funding for the shed from somebody doing bike ride from lands end to john O'Groats. groats and I, I can never really relax and say oh i've got enough money we're always reliant upon people's donations and money coming in I
8: think without Cornwall Mind and the activities that they offer I think my life would be quite different at the moment because they're such an integral part of my recovery at the moment and so I've gone from being like so unwell that I was actively suicidal last year to having the support of the group and the activities to being in a, a much much better place at the moment and I think I generally think without those groups I wouldn't be where I am now at all I think I'd still be really struggling just because they've been such a foundation it is like having the scaffolding that I'm building my recovery on so knowing that they're there there's that constant that is going to be there like the unless the weather is utterly foul the allotment is going to open or unless there's major tech issues and I'm gonna have my online writing class and I think that's really important to me is knowing that that is there and that support is there and and having those weekly boosts to my mental health is just so important i think it can't be minimized really the impact that has like sometimes when i'm talking about types of therapy that i'm undergoing and i'm like well i go to an allotment and i go to a writing group and people are like oh how can that work and i'm like well it's just really important it's a really integral part of that recovery process is having those activities that remind you that you're more than just your mental health you know i'm not just someone who's suicidal i'm not just someone who gets really depressed and has anxiety i'm jenny and i can dig great big holes if i need to and i can write and i can actually do these things and i'm more than just my mental health so i think that is really important and mind finds the positive in you and it really helps that like self-discovery so yeah
2: a space to speak your mind
1: it's a space to speak your mind i'm richard and next up jane is speaking to fragrance expert karen gilbert to discover how smells can affect our well-being and also put
2: us in a positive mood A space to speak your mind.
0: Hi there, Karen, and thanks for joining us on A Space to Speak Your Mind. So what did your research actually tell us?
9: So, yeah, I've been um, working with Airwick Essential Mist, and in a survey that they did, three quarters of Brits, that's 75% of Brits, said that aroma can transform their mood by making them feel happy, And 60% said aroma can make them feel calm when they're experiencing sadness, stress, or annoyance. So yeah, pretty powerful. And that really ties in with my experience over the course of my career in fragrance, really.
0: Yes, so what's your background, um, Karen? I mean, is it in aromatherapy or just in fragrances generally? It's actually, I suppose, a strange one because I'm both, actually, is the
9: answer to that. I started out in the 90s in the fragrance industry and I had an interest in aromatherapy but had no idea this big wide world of fragrance development was out there. And I kind of fell into it by accident. And one of the things that really kept me doing what I do for decades is the fact that The research that had been done by the fragrance industry actually tied in a lot with my aromatherapy knowledge. And you don't really realize necessarily in the outside world, how much research goes into the development of fragrances. And, you know, looking at the research that they've been doing into specific fragrances, there are certain things that can help us feel energized so citrusy notes can help us feel energized and actually in the research when we asked people orange and lemon were the two that came out that made people feel happy in terms of the energizing citrus notes and then the old favorite I think we possibly have all used lavender at this point in our lives to help us (laughs) relax and fall asleep and that came through really strongly as well. And how
0: are our moods affected by smell and what would you suggest for certain moods? Can you sort of give us some recommendations?
9: Yeah, definitely. So choosing a fragrance to enhance your mood, there's a couple of things to take into consideration. So how the scent actually affects you is one thing and how you react to it. So the way that the sense of smell works is that we're constantly connecting the smells around us with memories And so if we've stored a happy memory with a particular smell in our brain, even maybe decades ago that we don't necessarily know. When we smell that thing again, it will trigger that memory. So the certain sense can be quite personal to us. So we're all going to have things that will do that, that will kind of like whiz you back to that time and that place. But there are lots that are quite universal as well. And so what I would say is like, think about your space in your home. Using a diffuser is a really easy way to do that. And think about how you want to feel and the space that you're in as well. So how is we're using for lots of different purposes at the moment, right? So we're all working from home, maybe we're doing our yoga workout online on Zoom. Um, you know maybe we're having a family gathering on Zoom as well. And so think about how you want to feel in that moment and use the scent accordingly. And we can switch that up as well. So I'd say energizing if you want to get that get up and go in the morning, zingy citrusy notes, and if you want something that's very sort of like balancing and calming, but that's very, very easy, that floral notes work really, really well. The research has shown that vanilla and jasmine has been found to be very relaxing. And then if you want something that's more going to you know, drift you off to sleep at night, then that's when that relaxing lavender comes in.
0: Hmm. All sounds lovely, actually. Does it sort of work on certain systems in our brain
9: Yeah, absolutely. So the part of the brain that processes smell is the same one that stores our memories. And when we smell something, people think about it as being your nose that is the thing that smells. And really it's not, I mean, well, it is, it's a, it's a data gathering tool, like your eyes gather data for your visual sense. Your nose is the same for smell, but the actual part of your brain that processes it is your olfactory bulb. And that's attached to the part of the brain known as the hypothalamus and the limbic system. So that's also responsible for things like regulating our hormones, our moods, all sorts of other things in our bodies, So it's very, very interconnected. And so when we smell something, those molecules are being processed by that part of the brain. So it is going to have an effect not only on our psychology, but on our physiology as well. You know, the fragrance industry has done a lot of research into different types of scent that even can help to make you breathe slower and lower blood pressure and that kind of thing. And we can all use scent if we're meditating to help our well-being, adding scent to that as well is going to enhance its effects.
0: Well, I don't know about you, but I think that hospital waiting rooms, GP surgeries, dentists should all have aromatherapy smells, which would help to reduce stress and fear and to reduce blood pressure and everything.
9: Absolutely. And I think infusing essential oils and aromatherapy into your space and into anywhere you are really can only be a good thing, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So where can listeners find further information if they want to know more about the smells that we're discussing?
9: Yeah, so to find your favourite fragrance from the Airwick diffuser range, you just need to go to airwick.co.uk. I would always take the advice from a professional, especially anything to do with aromatherapy, seek the advice of a qualified clinical aromatherapist, I would suggest.
0: Yeah, I think from what you said, the uh, substances are really powerful. And although we're just talking about smell here, we're having an effect on the body and mind generally. So I think you're absolutely right. The people to be careful.
9: Absolutely. And, you know, buying a professional product that you can use without too much worry, you know, it's a set and forget. And you can have that in your environment. That's one of the safest ways to use it.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Well, thanks very much for joining us at A Space to Speak Your Mind, Karen. And I'm going off now to appreciate my sense of smell much more than I did. Thanks, Jane.
1: I'm Richard. This is A Space to Speak Your Mind. And this month we're talking about being outside and how it can improve our mental health. Walking is a great way to keep us both physically and mentally well. And Scott is finding out how one couple are walking the whole of the Cornish coastal path to raise money for
10: charity. A space to speak your mind. This is Scott. We're joined by Fiona and Sam, who are walking the whole Cornwall coastal path to raise money. Can you tell us a bit about yourselves, guys, and uh, what brought you to do this challenge?
11: Hi, I'm Fee, and I run Fee the Friendly Gardener Gardening Services here in Cornwall. And I also work for the Mental Health Charity Cornwall Mind. Having found out recently that my dad's suffering with a rare degenerative disease, cerebellar ataxia, and having lost my dear friend Sally, we wanted to do something to raise awareness for two amazing charities who work hard to help people during challenging times in their lives. Hi,
12: I'm Sam and I work as a builder and a web designer and I love the outdoors here in Cornwall. When it became clear that we wanted to organise a fundraising event, Walking the entire Cornwall portion of the southwest coast path seemed like a perfect fit for the two charities we've chosen. The mental health benefits that a wonderful asset like the southwest coast path can bring to people's lives are abundant. And then for sufferers of ataxia, the southwest coast path is symbolic of the freedom to roam, which this degenerative condition can so sadly impede.
10: So is there a particular part of the coastal paths that you've seen before which kind of inspired you in particular to walk or do you just love the whole coast or is there a place you call home around Cornwall?
12: Yeah, I think over the years, we've been chipping our way through a lot of the coast paths. It's just in little sections bit by bit. And even if you just get out there for an hour or two, it can just really change your frame of mind and it's such an inspiring place to be. And so being able to put it together as one big walk like this is a really amazing prospect. And I think we're going to get to know it better than we ever have done through the process.
10: So I'm assuming in preparing for this challenge, it's going to be quite a long walk by the sounds of it. Um, I'm assuming you prepare like I would, you know, getting to bed early 7pm, taking out the saturated fats and, you know, maybe running some half marathons. Well, to
11: be honest, with carb loading, (laughs) it's a good excuse to uh, eat what you want. (laughs) We've been doing a lot of training every week. We've been doing a good chunky 10 to 15 mile walk with our backpack on um, full in preparation for the walk. So we've just been eating a lot and walking a lot. So unfortunately, haven't been cutting out the saturated fats. <laughs>
10: No, that's fair enough. I can't do that. So I'm clearly lying. What do you think is going to be the biggest challenge about this?
12: I think the, the weather has the potential to, uh, to set the tone for the whole thing, really. If we have three weeks of the gales and rains that we've just been having, it's going to be a, a proper little case of digging in and taking it on the chin. On the flip side, if we have like scorching sunshine all day, every day, it sounds like that might be lovely and instead when it's raining I feel like it would be lovely but I guess in reality that's going to bring its own challenges with the heat that you've got to walk in all day so the weather's a big one and then the potential for injuries is a bit of a worry the coast path's pretty rocky terrain and so you've got to be careful when you're taking your steps and then obviously we're carrying these massive backpacks so I think our backs are going to feel it and Those are probably the biggest challenges. And and I guess having enough food because we're carrying it, that's my big worry is how we're going to have enough food to fuel the fire, but I'm sure we'll sort it out, yeah.
10: So you're actually taking your food with you? You're not going to stop off at local pubs and uh, and that kind of thing?
12: Yeah, we're basically, we're going to be carrying the majority of our food on our backs, and then obviously if we find an opportune pasty place or something like that, definitely not going to be averse to just cashing in and grabbing a pasty on (laughs) on the route or whatever. See what comes our way, I think. We have to be prepared for stretches where there'll be nothing, you know. There's some bits where there's not much places where we could buy stuff, to be honest.
10: So can you tell us a bit more about the, you mentioned two charities, though. Can you tell us about the charities and why these two in particular, what they mean to you?
11: Yeah, sure. Um, our first charity is called Mind. It's a charity locally that makes a vital positive contribution to people's mental health and well-being, And about six months ago, I was drawn to start working for Cornwall Mind after I lost a dear friend to suicide. It's a terrible fact that suicide in young people is on the rise and even more now due to the pandemic. It's often like charities like Cornwall Mind that can make the difference between a positive outcome of getting past pivotal moments like this or a devastating one if people can't find a light when they are in a dark place. I've since found out firsthand how passionate, dedicated and caring the team of staff and volunteers are at Cornwall Mind.
12: Our um, second charity is Ataxia UK. Ataxia UK are a charity are dedicated to helping those with taxia, and they offer a valuable lifeline. They provide advice, information and guidance for the people that suffer with a condition and their families. It's a degenerative disease that has obvious detrimental physical effects but it also has a huge impact on the sufferer's mental health too. In recent years, V's dad, Bob, he's been diagnosed with it, a rare disease called cerebellar ataxia. Again, this is a degenerative disease which can come about at any age in life and has come about later on in his life. And it can be linked to lots of things, but it is currently without a cure. So we've seen the disease had a huge impact on Bob's balance and his ability to walk. To the point where he's still now in having to use a disability scooter and we're watching this challenge in his life and we're having to come to terms with the fact that his health is gradually declining because of it, you know?
10: So how can people follow you? How can they support you and get behind you? Do you have social media? Are you going to be filming any of the walk as you go along?
11: Yeah, so I've got... Um see the friendly gardener Instagram and Facebook page. So if you'd like to help us on our journey, there are a few things which would be truly invaluable to the cause. First and foremost, any donations listeners would like to give to the amazing charities we're raising money for would be fantastic. Our just giving page can be found at thefriendlygardener.co.uk or on the attack UK and Cornwall Mind Instagram and Facebook pages. So the massive favour we'd be really grateful for is any shares you can give to our charity walk webpage on any of the social media channels you're part of. Also, if you can think of any friends or family who might find our cause worthwhile, any emails or even good old fashioned word of mouth sharing about our challenge would get us one step closer to the goal. On my Instagram page, Be The Friendly Gardener, and our Facebook page, we'll be doing daily updates on our progress, sending photos and sharing the highs and lows of the challenge. So if you want to follow us there, that would be great too.
10: Brilliant. Well, it's a wonderful thing you're doing, guys. I'll be sure to try and keep up with you as you go along on your Instagram and that kind of thing. And uh, thank you for joining us today.
1: Good luck to Fee and Sam on their walk. This is A Space to Speak Your Mind. And next, we're finding out what's happening at Cornwall Mind this month. A
2: Space to Speak Your Mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health.
13: Hi, I'm Jo from Cornwall Mind. And the first week of June is Volunteer Week. So we just want to say a huge thank you to our amazing team of volunteers because without them, we really couldn't offer the services that we do or support all the people that need us. The impact of those that give their time to Cornwall Mind is just immeasurable. And they really do make a difference to people's lives. So thank you. You've just heard our lovely administrator, Fiona, who's off on a charity walk, walking the Southwest West Coast Pass. Just want to say good luck, Fee and Sam. And also want to say good luck to Alfie Martin on his 250 mile lap of Cornwall. So good luck with that, Alfie. Just big thanks to all our supporters. You know, we're just overwhelmed with how many people support us. It's just amazing. And also, we're now a registered charity on Amazon Smile. So if you do shop on Amazon, search for Amazon Smile, and then you just do a really quick registration, and then we get a bit of money every time you shop. It's so easy. For all the latest news and updates, please visit our website, CornwallMind.org, and please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Mind. For support
14: and more information for better mental health, go to the Cornwall Mind website, cornwallmind.org or call the Mind helpline during office hours on 0300 123 3393.
0: And don't forget, you can call the Samaritans anytime for free on 116
2: 123. A space to speak your mind with Cornwall Mind for better mental health.
1: That's all from A Space to Speak Your Mind for now. Don't forget, if you missed anything, you can also. download the podcast
14: if you missed anything on today's show or if you'd like to listen to any of our previous shows you can download the podcast on apple google or spotify or wherever you get your podcast from just search for a space to speak your mind
1: and don't forget if you are downloading the podcast please like and subscribe and you'll get the brand new show straight to your device every single month that's all for now we'll catch you very soon would also love for you to get involved in the show and here's how you can do that
14: if you'd like to be a part of the show get in contact with us email a space to speak your mind at gmail.com find us on twitter at a space to speak like our facebook page just search for a space to speak your mind
2: a space to speak your mind with cornwall mind
12: for better mental health